Hey everyone, this is Joe. Now, you Irish cops are perking up. That's two sound theories in one day, neither of which deal with abnormally sized men. Kind of makes me want of our dance. Hey, what's up guys, it's Eric. What's the symbology there? On the streets of Boston. This was no gangland assassination. It was way too sloppy, something went wrong here. An FBI agent is on a case. All the low lowlifes in the quiet city of Boston start dropping dead, and you think it's unrelated. They're all bad guys. Now they're all dead bad guys. The victims are the mob. What we have here, gentlemen, is the beginning of the first international mob war. And the hitmen think they're on a mission. From God. Anybody you think is evil? Don't you think that's a little weird, a little psycho? Sort of like 7-Eleven. We're not always doing business, but we're always open. That is nice and close. <laughs> it was two shooters. Bang, fantastic. This guy's very sharp. If he hasn't figured us out yet, he will. All we know is what we found out from the neighbors. And the general consensus is they're angels. In a place where the violent have the power. Destroy all that which is evil, so that which is good may flourish. One lawman doesn't know whether to catch the killers. I believe what they do is necessary. Or join them. All the things I wish I could do, these guys are doing. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood. There was a firefight! The Boondock Saints. You're listening to Worth a Late Fee, the podcast for two former video store rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. What's up, Joe? What's up, Eric? What a I time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. So this is our first, our first uh, not-in-person recording because we have no choice because the world's coming to an end, so... Hopefully, the good news about this will be if it works, we can keep podcasts coming up. And this one, we'll get into what we're reviewing in a second. But uh, this is our really our second after another one. But this is our first kind of on social media movie request from Jill. So, had you know, it's also ahead. our first bonus episode. This is like a big deal. Our first of many bonus episodes. Hopefully, it's the first bonus episode. And the reason Joe's saying bonus episode is because he refuses to actually do an episode like he has to put an asterisk on it it's kind of like this does not get a number this is not get a number after it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's like barry bonds home runs he's like well you know from mcguire and Sosa. but so what have you been doing man i have the most exciting part of my day is getting the mail but a lot of working from home a lot of zoom conference calls it is it's wild man like you watch you heard the news and like you hope there's like a little like sort of lying somewhere, but I'm still looking for that as we all are, I think. So it's kind of, it's interesting as being locked down for weeks at a time. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been working from home as well. Same thing, video conferences and whatever. And, um, I've also been two things that I've been watching kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. I rewatched most of wonder years. I'm finishing that up, which if you haven't watched wonder years, in a while go back and watch it because no show ever translates better to like it's it's so well done and i know everyone knows that but when you watch it now 
it's it's even better than I remembered, and, and it's it's just great. And then the other show I've been watching on the other end of the spectrum is Bree and I have been watching uh, Narcos on Netflix, which is so good. Uh, we finished the Narcos in Colombia, and now we're on Narcos Mexico. But um, yeah, I have not but seen that yet. I've 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 been meaning to watch Narcos at some point just because I that it's, that did that end? Did it get resolution, or is it still going on? Uh, not, narco. So there's Narcos, which ended, and that's about uh, Pablo Escobar. Right. Um, and that's over. They did three seasons of that. And then they did Narcos Mexico, which has had, I think, two seasons so far. I've heard that there's going to be a third season, but I don't think it's been confirmed or released or whatever. I don't know. I'm still on. We just finished season one of Mexico. So, which awesome. for my wife and I, we usually watch probably non-sports, like not counting like Red Sox games, which aren't going on now or Bruins games. I probably watch like two hours of TV a week or something. So for us to blast through a TV show like that is insane. But you know what's crazy? I have not. I don't know if you've watched it at all. The Tiger King is that what's called the Tiger King? I haven't watched. I, I don't know anything about this series, and I don't want to at this point. <laughs> it's like well, it's trashy as fine from what I've heard. I've I've heard it is too, and Bree and I tried to watch it, and we watched. My thing is, I don't. I love animals, and if I. I I got, I started getting, a, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but I started getting a weird vibe that a bad thing was going to happen to an animal. I think we made it like 20 minutes in the first episode and we turned it off because I was like, I don't want to see, or even if it's just them living in bad conditions or them, I, I, I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm the I, same way. And I do hear animals get abused or killed or whatever. So like, that's just yeah. not my thing. So if that's not the case, you know, whatever. But I, I, yeah, I, I have this enough good stuff on. I've also been trying to learn Spanish. So I've been using the Duolingo app, which I highly recommend. Hey, very cool. All right. yeah. and, then, um, and then watching a Spanish uh, show on Netflix called Taco Chronicles, which it makes I you see- still- <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, actually, I actually watched the pilot of that, the first episode. Oh, my God. Uh, it's amazing, right? <laughs> right? And it makes you so hungry, you know? We're the scared thing to throw out there. But no, I watched a pilot last year. I think it was in Maine. I'm like, man, this is actually pretty good. My favorite my favorite part of the pilot was, well, there's two things. One, that there's this place in Mexico City where during the day, it's a mechanic shop. And then <laughs> once a mechanic shop closes, they like slide these wall, these uh, doors up and then it turns into a taco place. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I need, I need to as- <laughs> Yeah. And then the other the other part that I loved is at the end of it. There's this voice in the background that you're. It's he. It's like the one of the guys involved speaking to you as tacos, and it's this guy who's like, "I will always be there for you when you're upset, when you're drunk at night, when your life's over, when you're sad." And but he's speaking as a taco, and I'm like, "It's pretty true though. It's legit. Tacos have always been there for me." So, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, no, that sounds like a good time. This is the this is the time to binge on uh, get caught up with all your movies and TV shows for sure. So, so anyway, we we got off the went off the rails a little bit. Hey, but, bonus episode. This has this, this is a bonus episode, right? It's, I'm gonna keep on telling myself this. <laughs> so we're today we're gonna be watching a movie that Jill requested, and we're gonna be watching the movie Boondock Saints, the original one. So, um, you want to give the the with it stars I. Uh, uh, Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery and a few other people, but you want to give the directed by the mastermind Troy Duffy. But yeah, let me jump into that. All right, we'll pause this while I dig up my uh, DVD yeah. cover right yeah. here. 
bonus episode. <laughs> bonus episode. No rules. Prison rules. All right. Oh, and while you're digging that up, Joe, I believe, is having an Irish coffee. That's because we always talk about what we're drinking. I had a Guinness tonight, but I finished it too early. I finished it with dinner, so I'm not actually drinking right now, but I, I, I just had a Guinness like 40 minutes ago. Half ago. I'm a big fan of the Irish coffee, especially at 7.30 at night. Should be, it's a wise choice for sure. Yeah. All right, so the back of the DVD cover reads, Thou shall not kill. It's the one commandment they cannot keep. Tough, stylish, and extreme. Fans of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction will thrill to the action, intensity, and intelligence of this modern-day morality tale of written in blood. Starring Willem Dafoe from The English Patient, Sean Patrick Flannery from Powder, and Norman Reedus from 8mm. When a sadistic Russian mob starts muscling in on their South Boston Irish neighborhood, Connor and Murphy McManus, if I pronounced that wrong, I'm sorry, know what must be done. Feeling that the vengeance of God is flowing through their veins, they set out to rid the streets of gangsters, criminals, and lowlifes. As the body count rises, the brothers become local heroes. Now, one unorthodox FBI agent must be cunning enough to bring them down. Yeah, there's so many, this movie's so strange because, well, first of all, you want to give the, give the stats and everything? All the stats. Boy, oh boy. All right, so, Troy Duffy, he's very full of himself, the director. What, he wrote, he wrote and directed what are your views of Troy Duffy? Well, he pretty much burnt his he burnt his, the, all the bridges before this movie came out, which did he did really poor in theories because of this whole thing. So, whole thing is he's very about himself. He thinks he's like the greatest thing who's ever existed. He thinks he's God of the film, and like he's you can watch this movie. He tries being Tarantino, and you get those vibes pretty early on for sure. Yeah. Um, but he made deals, and he had like a pretty good beginning to his story where he was. They actually did a documentary, which I watched years ago, about this whole thing. He basically, he sold his script to, I think it was Weinstein before, you know. And he, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> real sweet guy. They sold the rights to him. And then he said some things to piss off Weinstein. And then Weinstein got blacklisted, basically. So for a while, Troy couldn't sell his movie. Eventually, he got it picked up by this... Um, this little company at the time called Franchise Pictures, who have since closed down, and they put it out to five theaters where it made thirty thousand um, dollars, and the budget thirty thousand four hundred seventy-one dollars, and it had a six million dollar budget. But with word of yeah, well, yes is right. With word of mouth, though, this is one of those success stories where it got popular, kind of like Family Guy. It got popular as the DVD was out and people were buying it and it's made 50 million in-home video sales since then. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool story in that sense. Um, but, oh yeah, it has, and Troy Duffy's only directed two films, Blue Night Saints 1 and Blue Night Saints 2. <laughs> so he doesn't have the greatest track record, record either. But uh, 1999, though, was a wild year in film. Going down the line here, not that we're going to compare. Great, 1999 was a great year. It was a great year. Like not, not to compare this film with other great films in 1999, but just to give you an idea what it was, what came out that year in general. Um, Star Wars Episode One, The Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, The Matrix, Tarzan, The Mummy, Notting Hill, The World Is Not Enough, American Beauty, and Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. So pretty good year for film. Also... Um... Uh, office space, I think. Yeah, that's right. And the, only, the only reason I know that is because uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, The Rewatchables, the like, what probably the most popular podcast, movie podcast, or one of them for sure. Uh, he he has a whole series on Luminary, 
specifically it's like the rewatchables and then there's a subset the rewatchables 1999 so yeah it, it was a crazy year it really was and like what's interesting too is this movie was pretty much made and developed i believe in 1999 but then it started uh showing in theaters until 2000 right so it had like this weird like year off where they're trying to figure things out and get out there but the dreaming like the the dream cast list that Troy Duffy wanted originally. Have you do you read up on that? No. You want like Mark. You want like Mark Wahlberg and like uh, all these big name actors back then. And like Mark Wahlberg at the time chose Booker Nice over this. Good call. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> so it's like, but in the end though, this cast wasn't bad at all. No, they, they, um, they, did, they did their parts. The cast is well. Yeah, for the most part. The the cast is like, we'll get to that when we do like the good news and bad news stuff. Yeah. But yeah. So what what is your first memory of this movie? Um, other than all the bros having the posters on the wall of uh Bundock Saints, this is always the poster next to Scarface. Other than that though, for whatever reason, the prayer stuck with me. So yeah. whenever they would like kill someone, they would give this they would say this prayer. And that's no. always I knew Yeah, and like going into this, I remember that part of it because I saw this a long, long time ago. And I'm a really bad Catholic. So, like, I used to go to church all the time. I used to, like, I went to CCD for, like, 10 years. So, like, it's kind of interesting seeing, like, you know, them trying to reason why, like, you know, like, they're trying to reason with God after killing yeah. someone. So that, that was kind of, I always find that interesting. And I still find that pretty, pretty interesting. I think that's my, I'll get into my first <clears throat> memory of it in a second. But I think that's what's so weird about this movie is, I think that there's an outstanding movie there. Like the there's a the idea is very interesting. So anyway, my first memory of this movie, I don't remember ever watching this movie, but I've seen this movie like ten times or something probably. And I I I remember really liking it. I never had a poster or anything like that, but like you said, when this movie was you know, next to your your Fight Club poster and your Scarface poster. But if you had asked me before I rewatched Which this, I think that movie also came out this year, that year as well. Fight Club didn't, 1999. Wasn't that also the same year? Yeah. Might have, yeah. So if you had asked me what I, to rank those, like which one of those would you like the most, I probably would have said this movie. I, I so I, and then, but then when I was watching it today, I was like, there was so much stuff that I was like, I don't even remember this. It was the, the whole, a huge part of the movie I don't remember at all. And uh, so, but I remember liking it. And, and when we, when I was, I would almost text you today and said, I need you to rewatch this and you can't, you can't watch it and judge it for the bad, the annoying fans. You just have to judge it for what it is. And like, so I, I which I tried to do and I did. But we'll get into what I thought of it in a second. But in a did you bit, but. did you did you like feel uh did, did you like was it relatable to you as being like you know Irish heritage and all that or no it was the, like not much, like obviously like not like you know the drastic like yeah like like the, the <laughs> but like the, like the backgrounds like the prayer and all that and like church being a big deal and all that stuff or is it yeah no I, I, church is never a big deal for my family but the. I think I said when we reviewed Waking Dead Divine that my father always did. He always tried to make us not St. Patrick's Day Irish people where like just on St. Patrick's Day, you like go out and get drunk and whatever. And so we tried to watch like real Irish movies and whatever. 
so so no but that said i didn't i wasn't against liking this movie and like i said i really i remembered really liking this movie I, like i really did i but so as far as what is this movie about it, we're in boston we're in south boston which that's you know we'll get into this a little bit but one of the things i really liked was even though this movie was actually filmed mostly in toronto i guess yeah. the overhead shots of boston were great um before we start the, oh no, no go on go on no go on no the, the one thing that was was weird and it it obviously we're from massachusetts just north of boston but if you're if you're not you wouldn't notice it but like they would show a scene that was supposed to be in like south boston and then the aerial shot would be like of charlestown or like uh, somewhere else and you're like that doesn't really line up but what were you gonna say no i was gonna say before we get to the cry sequence the that might have been like i we're gonna get that in a second but like it might have been the most bizarre cry sequence i've ever seen the opening credits it was the most bizarre thing i've ever seen yeah yeah <laughs> so the, the ending credits i thought were great that was cool yeah that was cool. I'll get into we'll get into that but yeah so we're in Boston, two Irish-American brothers, Connor and Murphy McManus, played by Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery. I don't know if I have those names backwards. I don't remember which one was which. But uh, Sean Patrick, I think Sean Patrick Flannery was Connor, so I should have that flipped. But Sean Patrick Flannery, shout out, as Joe knows, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and Sean Patrick Flannery is actually a black belt under Henzo Gracie, and now runs a Jiu-Jitsu school, or he's part of running a Jiu-Jitsu school in California, so... Oh, very cool. Can I go shout out to Norman Reedus? <laughs> Norman, yeah, Reedus. Yeah. <laughs> Norman Reedus is in a game called Death Stranding. It's pretty wild. <laughs> he does he has games now. He actually does like motion cap for games. I thought you said he's in a gang, and I was like, what? Well, I mean, he has experience clearly. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, the, the I don't know if I made a note of this later, but the, the by far the the maybe the worst part of this movie. I have another like worst part, but the Irish accent from both of them, but especially from Norman Reedus, I, I was like, why didn't, why didn't they just either make them Irish, make it so Billy Connolly, well, we'll get into that, but anyway. So it's in Boston, uh, two twin brothers. Uh, so it opens up with them attending mass where the priest tells the story of Kitty Genovese. And it's basically like the whole thing you're supposed to take from it is, uh, the other there's evil and then the other evil is the indifference of good men so you got to stand up for stuff you got to do the right thing so later connor and his brother connor and murphy are celebrating st patrick's day with friends these russian guys disruption mobster guys arrive and they announce they want to close the bar and take over the land it's built on wasn't um, i can't remember now who's the italian guy who was with them was it what's his name again rocco Yep, Rocco. I like how yeah. they, it's interesting too, they have like a quick like rundown of each character, like yeah. their stats. It's like in case you need to know. Right. Yeah, it's like low, low, level, low level Italian <laughs> mob guy. Yeah. So uh, they, they try to close, uh, close the bar, a fight breaks out, and they, they beat the crap out of the Russians and whatever. And then the next morning, it shows them sleeping in their like broken down, apartment which i could relate to because my apartment when i lived with another video rental store employee when i lived with my former video rental store uh, assistant manager <coughs> joe been there we went we had this apartment and well, i won't say where but <coughs> i slept on a mattress on the floor too so i was like oh it's kind of like uh, chris and i's apartment but so they break into their apartment and they try to kill them fright breaks out and they end up defending themselves and 
killing the the Russians via flying toilet from the top of a building. The one thing that's interesting too is the way it's told the story. Like it's almost like they're about they're about to fight, and then you see like the cops trying to solve the case outside. And then it's like yeah. they're trying to together, but then like it goes backwards. Like you see this scene kind of like rewound and like what happened, you know, a day prior, like what really happened and all that. I just like trying to figure it out. It's like right, family well, guy. It's very, very, what's that? I was gonna say it's like very like family guy-ish, where it's like I'm not a big fan of that show, but like the way like they tell like their story, how it's like a lot of like back and forth basically and like the timeline. It was interesting, right. that part of it. And it's because Willem Dafoe, he is like this like He's a very weird character. He's, he's detective or agent, whatever, smecker. And he can like, he puts on his headphones and listens to classical music. And he can basically like look at a crime scene and just replay it. Like figure out every little thing about it, which is weird, but. Shout um, out to the, uh, the portable CD player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's this huge scene where they kill the Russians. And like I said, one of the Russians gets killed because the toilet gets thrown off the roof onto them the other one gets beaten i think with the toilet there's gunfire but that so like we were just saying fbi agent paul smacker who's willem dafoe he shows up and bill uh the the like boston cop who's played by comedian bob marley is doing a horrible job of putting it together and he does his thing where he puts in his headphones and re- and like unwinds the whole crime just from looking at a few things and he's a savant and he's a genius so and then they end up turning themselves in for that. And, but they say the Boston police or Smecker says that it's, it was self-defense and he lets them go. And uh, that's pretty much it. And so, but then that night they receive a, uh, like God talks to them and says, you know, you have to get rid of all the bad guys. You have to hunt the wicked so that the good people can, you know, flourish and whatever. So yeah, very, very much like Dexter. <laughs> The yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it. It's kind of before that, I believe. So it's like, yeah. So it's it's, it's kind of cool, and like the idea of it, you know, if they're if they're morally right, if they're doing the right thing right now, they get constantly like kind of like, should we root for these guys or should I not be rooting for them? It's kind of like that right. kind of cool, like you know, are right. they better? Are they good? Right, and that's why I like the end credits, which yeah, we'll get into. But so, um, Connor and Murphy resolve to rid Boston of evil men. Uh, Connor learns of a meeting of Russian syndicate bosses at a hotel, having equipped themselves with weaponry from a local underground gun, gun dealer, which, by the way, I'm not a gun guy, but that, that scene was pretty cool. It hits a button and then opens up. But uh, the brothers quickly kill all nine Russian mobsters, while Rocco, a friend of the brothers and errand boy for the local mafia boss, Giuseppe Papa Joe Yacobetta, is sent yeah, on a hit. Good. Yeah, yeah. Ascent on a hit as an unknowing pawn. The next day, Rocco learns that he was betrayed. So basically, they kill the Rush, the the Russians, and they also figure out that Rocco's boss was serving him up to get killed. So he's he's trying to make it, and he they were just trying to get him killed. So yeah. By the way, this whole sequence. Can we talk about how ridiculous it was? They're in the vent fighting. They're like oh. about to take out what nine, eight Russian mobsters, and they're in the vent fighting. Uh, okay. No there's a time you, you know, gotta, gotta cool the temper down. <laughs> it's yeah. like, or, there are times that, and this is not one of those times I feel like. <laughs> How many Irish stereotypes can we fit in one movie? <laughs> but uh, the thing I always wonder, and I've never done this, I, if there are any HVAC guys that listen to the podcast, can, 
could you crawl through a vent like Die Hard style or like Boondock Saints style? Could you really crawl through a vent like that? It could hold think? it could hold two guys in it. <laughs> like that's like my <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> it's meant to hold air. <laughs> Not like that's like 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 three hundred and fifty pounds of, of dude. That's a lot. And then guns and whatever. So anyway, so uh, after once they figure that out, uh, they they like I said, they figured out a few a few things that they did their thing, but then also that they were after the Russian or the Italian guy was trying to kill Rocco. So Rocco commits himself to helping the Irish, the, the Connor and uh, Connor and Murphy. So concerning maybe a target, Papa Joe, so the Italian guy, contacts a hitman. The hitman is Il Duce, who's played by comedian, Irish comedian Billy Connolly, to deal with them. So he's like, you, you got your guy, I got my guy. Uh, after killing a criminal that Rocco had a personal hatred for, the three men are ambushed by Il Duce. Uh, out in like the suburbs of, I don't know, it looked like, like Belmont or something. Uh, although they managed to chase El Duce away, the three men suffered serious wounds, including the loss of Rocco's finger. The three returned to a safe house where they treat their wounds. Hours later. Talk- yeah, go ahead. Talk about Rocco. Like, he's like a cool star, but man, talk about a crappy character. Like, really, like, personality-wise. Like, at first, it's like, okay, like, this guy could be kind of cool. He's very happy walking into the bar with him in the beginning. But then, like, the things he says, the things he does throughout the film, like, man, this character sucks. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he he was just an idiot. Like, he's I, he, he, not a lovable elf, but he was just so dumb. Like, it's – but so, yeah, that was weird. The, the other thing – I'm glad you stopped me after that scene. For – so there's this gunfight in the suburbs. There's three – well, there's one guy who's supposed to be the baddest man on earth, assassin-wise, and then there's two brothers who have gotten pretty good at killing people. And then there's Rocco. So there's four people shooting guns, no evasive maneuvers. And somehow it says like they are wounded. They shoot guns. They probably fired a thousand rounds at each other. And each person got nicked a little bit and whatever. I'm like, you guys are not. Meanwhile, it seems before this, they were upside down shooting out, taking out like nine Russian guys upside down. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, they, they run away to, to kind of heal themselves up. And hours later, Smecker, so Willem Dafoe, happens upon, he's like going nuts on the crime scene. He finds the finger, because Rocco, Italian Rocco got his finger shot off and decides to do uh, an independent investigation to see who's behind the gun battle. Smecker is able to track the evidence down to Rocco and his two allies. This leaves Smecker in a difficult scenario and struggles with the, and he struggles with the choice of whether to prosecute the three men or join them in their cause, as Smecker believes they're doing the right thing. So this kind of goes back to what you're saying. After getting drunk at a gay bar and subsequently getting advice from a reluctant priest, Smecker decides to help the trio. So the Smecker, Willem Dafoe, gay subplot is the weirdest, the, one of the weirdest things. You know, I remembered that he was gay, but I didn't remember a lot of stuff. So anyway, later the brothers and, and Rocco informed Smecker that they plan to infiltrate the Yakovetta headquarters of the Pinochet family. But Smecker learns that they are walking into a trap. The three brothers are captured and Rocco is shot and killed by Papa Joe. By the way, I should stop here. Right before this started, I didn't I remembered everything up until this. I kind okay. of in my head, the shootout in the suburbs, I it felt like it ended somewhere around there. Like I did, this whole other part I, I didn't remember. Um Oh well, this is the best this is most it's talking about bizarre like this is the most bizarre part coming up in a second. Yes. yes. <laughs> The brothers are captured, trying to trying to break into the house, 
and Rocco is shot and killed by Papa Joe. But the brothers are able to free themselves. As Papa Joe leaves the house, Smecker arrives in drag. What? It's <laughs> high nine, man. <laughs> Willem Dafoe shows up in drag, which, you know, Willem Dafoe, not a bad looking man, but he's not a very feminine, he doesn't have any feminine features. So how Willem Dafoe walks up to a door and you didn't go like, that's the guy in a wig and and convince a mobster who I'm sure has had like, you know, models and, you know, at that yeah. house. And like, you have women to full come up and like. <laughs> it's probably seen a prostitute or two or three. So, uh, Smecker arrives in drag and kills a number of soldiers before being knocked unconscious by Il Duce, so by Billy Connolly. As the brothers say their final prayer over Rocco, who's been dead, so they, they're just, you know, blessing him. Il Duce enters the room and prepares to open fire. However, he instead finishes the prayer revealing that he is the brother's father and decides to join the sons of the mission. Three months, three months later, Papa Joe is sent to trial for a third time where the reporters on scene uh, anticipate his acquittal. So everyone in the crowd is going like, he's going to get off again. It's unbelievable. The brothers in El Duce, who they now know is his father, aided by Smecker, so Willem Dafoe helped them get away with this, by Smecker, Dolly, so all the, all the cops, Greenlee, Bob Marley's guy, uh, infiltrated the trial after sliding their weapons over the metal detector. Unmasked, they make a speech uh, starting stating that they intend to eradicate evil wherever they find it before reciting the family prayer and killing Papa Joe. The media dubs the three as the saints. And then the end of the film... I like, oh, who, I like how the father... I think it was, a, was it the daughter who makes watch... Was that, was that his daughter? The girl? He makes her, he's like, watch this. He like, he's like, it's okay, honey, you should watch this, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm like, she's a girl who's able to watch, like, this guy's brains get blown out. I'm like, I don't think she wants to watch this. <laughs> you know what my favorite part about that girl was? Is, so, they shoot the guy, and then it shows the crowds sprinting out of the court, as you would, as you would, right? And she runs out, there's press immediately there, <laughs> and she goes, she goes, yes, I was there. It's like, well, no shit. It just happened. They, like, the guys are probably still running out the back door. Like, how, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> so, and then the movie ends with, it's it's like a news, a fake news broadcast of them interviewing people on the streets. And I thought the people they interviewed on the streets were better actors than pretty much everyone else in the movie. And they're saying it's like split. Like, half the people are like, they're only killing bad guys. I think I like it. I think every city should have people like this and then there are other people that are like you can't kill someone yeah i kind of wish they focused more like the morale like at the back of the duty car says like you know this is the focus of the film but it's like it's really not been to, like a couple of sequences in the film like i wish they kind of focused more on are they good or are they bad like we see what they're doing and we know like what they're doing is like you know questionable but it's also they have like a, they have a plan basically i kind of wish they focused more on like the repercussions on both good right. and both bad so so that's pretty much it. We're not going to go too much in the plot because it's a bonus episode and because I don't really want it. Oh, yeah. It that much. I agree. <laughs> good, news, good news or bad news first? Uh, bad news for this film. Bad news. Let's go for it. So, well, the, so the least favorite ca- character, least favorite cast member. My least favorite cast member was the, uh, the Italian. So Yacovet is like one of his little buddies was played by Ron Jeremy, the ex-adult film star. That's who that was. Okay, yes. I did not know that. I was like trying to, okay. And that guy, when I see him, it makes my skin crawl. So like, <clears throat> just he just all sorts of gross. And then 
on top of that, he's there's this scene where Rocco's trying to tell a joke and he's like forcing in this racist. Yeah. Like I know. And it's not funny. Like it's yeah. not like it's an overly sensitive thing. It's it's not funny. It's just seemed like I was like, why why is this in the movie? So he was my least favorite cast member. Um <clears throat> as far as the yeah, that's it. He's my least favorite cast member. Um who's your least favorite cast member? <clears throat> Least favorite cast member, not my least favorite thing about the movie, but my least favorite cast member was probably, I would say probably Rocco. Like I, yeah. Rocco, like at first like I said he started off like he could be a really cool character, like something like the fans mm-hmm. and the viewers will kind of fall for because like you know he's like the funny guy, like they call him in the movie. Yeah. But funny he was not. <laughs> like the more <laughs> we watch him on screen, he's like caressing a woman who's like passed out in one sequence. I'm like <laughs> okay, I'm like. You're just like I'm. Yeah, like I'm losing it here, Rocco. Like you are just becoming like a shitty character, like pretty quickly. And then he's just like his his heated tantrums and like his the way he like reasons. He's just a hothead, and like it's he could have been a cool character that just turned into like a real shitty character. I didn't. I didn't hate Rocco as much because I just thought he was just like he's just a loser. Like I didn't. You know what I mean? Like I. I. It's not an excuse, but. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Which, so what was your, other than a cast member, what was your least favorite thing? Something oh, you'd change. It here's my, uh, my Troy Duffy shout out. <laughs> Troy Duffy, writer-director. Some of the things he did were so weird. Like, it's almost like he couldn't figure out how to transition day shots in the movie. It always fade to black, and that drove me crazy. Every time he assumed to fade to black, I'm like, okay, I'm like, can't you just, like, shoot, like, show, like, the next, like, the day or something? Like, you don't have to, like, show, like, time has uh, passed whatever like we get it yeah. stuff like that and like the way he um the way he like i don't want to bring up tarantino in this one because i don't want to compare the two of them ever ever yeah but like you can tell like where his inspiration came from and i kind of wish he just had his own style because it could it could have been cool if he did but he's just trying yeah. to like he, he's just trying to piggyback mm-hmm. off of what it's out there and try to make it his own and try to take credit for that thing as at the same time right so Troy Duffy is my least favorite thing <laughs> about this movie, but I gotta give a, I, I gotta give a shout though. He does a couple of songs for the movie, which I thought were pretty cool. So like, I think he should focus his trades on music instead of, you know. But yeah, my least favorite thing I have two. I kind of touched on the first one is, and that's like there was just way too much racist. And oh, definitely. I'm not, I'm not a political, like overly politically correct guy. I can watch movies. The thing was, there was, it just seemed forced in like racist, homophobic yeah. shit that it made me uncomfortable. Like rewatching it, I was like, they're using like the F word and the N word. Oh, and and like, it didn't have a place. It wasn't funny. Yeah. Like you said, like, I feel like at that time, like, they're trying to get, I don't know, like, they're trying to push buttons. Like, Willem Dafoe's character, again, is gay in the movie, and they throw all these, like, the F word constantly. And yeah. then it's like, okay, I'm like, who are you trying to, like, who are you trying to piss off here? It's like, it's, it has to be someone. And it didn't, it didn't, like, exactly, it didn't have a place. If, if, right. If, if they were using the F word and that was it, and they were using the F word to go at him or whatever, but they were trying to get him going or something, I'd be like, all right, like, that makes sense, I guess, if you were trying to get someone mad, but, like, the N-word stuff, and then, but anyway, yeah, we, it's, so that's, but then the other thing, the other worst thing I I would change is 
get Willem Dafoe out of this movie. I love him. <laughs> and I was like, what? How did you... This t- movie to me was like the anti... You know how they talk about when um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were making Good Will Hunting? It wasn't until Robin Williams signed on that they all of a sudden people took it seriously and they got a bunch of stuff and it worked out. This one, I'm like, I hope Willem Dafoe fired his agent or, <laughs> or if he made the decision himself, I hope he seriously regrets it. I was like, what are he, you've at this point? I mean, I don't know what he'd done at this point, but he'd done enough that he didn't need to be doing this. You know uh, I, mean? I agree. I, it's like, it's funny though, because like at the same time, I'm not sure if we're what the bonus was. So if we're going to be touching upon, um, what we would have changed. Um, but if we're not, what, what I would have changed is adding more of him knowing already who they are and helping them. Yeah. Not, yeah. not, not seeing the second one. I haven't even seen this, the sequel yet, but I don't know if he's in the sequel, but um, I, I wish we kind of saw more of th- him helping them. That would have been a cool movie. A cop helping two murderers catch bad guys. Right. It happened way too late in the film though. And like, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, it is. So, Good news. Who's your favorite cast member? We just talked about him. Willem Dafoe, baby. He was the best part about this movie, without a doubt. Bob Bond was pretty fine, too. Greenlee, like, I think he played Greenlee. He's a pretty fine character. Like, he was actually comic relief at times. Um, and I do like how, like, every time he would screw up, he would be like, I fetch his coffee or whatever. But Willem Dafoe, though, he just, he's so diverse, man. His acting, he is, between, like, his, when he's trying to figure out the crimes of his music, as he's, like, dancing down the uh, the um, alleyways and how he's just kind of like the personality and like he's just he's just so good man he like you said I don't know what I don't know what he's on this film to like be like oh this is this is this is good stuff let's do it but like he is just so good of an actor yeah yeah I know he you know what movie I love with Willem Dafoe I mean there's quite a few but I love Willem Dafoe and Clear and Present Danger yes yep that's yeah, a great so, movie so, if you get a chance to, no, quick shout still Lighthouse if you haven't yet the Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe okay, oh, it's, it's great check it out so uh my favorite cast member i think you mentioned mine was was greenly or greenly whatever he was just because it was like it, like you said it was funny he did a good job he's from maine uh, bob marley but he did a good job of playing like that stupid boston guy um so that was my favorite i i couldn't allow myself i love willem defoe but i couldn't allow myself to name willem defoe my favorite cast member because he's just he's above this and I'm like, I'm mad at him for, for doing it. But um, <clears throat> favorite thing other, other than a cast member. Um, this is kind of like, I, I like the soundtrack, like the bagpipe soundtrack, like in the opening credits, which I don't think um, Trophy's band did. I thought that was a really good tune. And I kind of wish it was more stuff like that and not like vocal soundtracks throughout the movie. Cause I, I like the bagpipe sound. Yeah, but I will. I will give him credit though. He had one of the songs he did. Was, I actually had two songs that happened in the movie. One was during the uh, the bar fight in the beginning, I believe. Yeah. And the other one was during the end credit sequence. Again, during the end credits, I really liked that tune as well. So yeah. some of the soundtrack, some of the tunes from the soundtrack was pretty good. And like, you know, like we can, I, I, I can always like praise Willem Dafoe and like, even Norman Reedus and you know he did a pretty decent job. And the other guy, Sean Flaherty, like I think that's his name. Um, Shot that winner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But despite the accent, like I think they did the best they could, but the soundtrack is probably like my favorite part, other than the, you know. Yeah, the the accent thing. Other than the accent, like you said, other than the accent, they did they did they did what they could with what they had. I just wish 
especially where at the end you find out that they're uh, El Duce, Bill, Billy Connolly's son. I don't get why they didn't just make them like first generation Irish immigrants. You know what I mean? Or get two actors that can do an Irish accent. Because <laughs> it, right, like, it would be like, I can't do, if you were like, Eric, here's the thing, you're going to be in a movie and you're playing this guy from like Spain. I'd be like, I can't do that, man. I can't, I can't do it that. Right, accent. and they didn't pick like these A-list actors either for the time. So like they could have easily found a couple actors with better Irish accents in the end, I think. Because like, again, right. like these weren't, this wasn't Mark Warburg who they originally wanted. It wasn't Stallone who was originally pitched in the movie. Like these were just like lower, you know, lower level actors, but. Right. So, um, and then my favorite thing other than a cast member was kind of two things tied in one. Like I said earlier, I love the overhead shots of Boston. And then I also loved the shots of, or the image of Boston is still having like grimy parts because Boston's gotten a little too, I love Boston, but it's gotten a little too cleaned up and whatever for me. So I, I like seeing, even though that bar wasn't in, there's not too many bars like that anymore in Boston. And even though that wasn't, that was probably in Toronto, just the idea of having a place like that, I, I liked. So favorite scene. Again, I really liked Willem Dafoe's introduction in the movie. That's yeah. kind of like when maybe like, I don't know, go down the line of like, you know, he just might be the best part about this is like when he's, you can see him like putting the pieces together in his head and then he makes the jokes like right from, right from the start. He's like taking charge and he's telling Greenlee to get him a coffee or whatever. And yeah, like, yeah. like that, like that was pretty funny. Like the comic timing on his part to like, you know, just keep a straight face and command Greenlee yeah. to get him a coffee. And like, and then from there on out, I liked how he's like dancing the hall, like down, down, down the aisle, like the um the back alley. He's dancing kind of like with his opera. He's like kind of composing as like a conductor as he's trying to solve the crime. Like it was, it was a cool introduction to a character. Like and I'm not that was a different type of introduction. Like I've never seen him from before. So it's I love when uh, when Greedy makes the first mistake and he's like I'm getting him a coffee and then he's I think it's like right he's right about to make a second mistake and uh, Willem Dafoe is like. I might be wanting a bagel with my coffee or something like that. Yeah, so was, like those like little one liners. Those, I think that was on the same scene as well, wasn't it? I, yeah, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was, was really good. So, I have two two mentions for favorite scene. One is funny, and then one's a, my the, my really my favorite scene. Well, I'll do the funny one first because we're not talk about that long. It still cracks me up when Rocco shoots the cat. <laughs> when, oh, yeah. When they're arguing and he hits the table and the gun shoots the cat and the cat, like, explodes into a million pieces. And then when Rocco goes, is he dead? It's yeah. like, that's, so that's my, that's probably my favorite scene because it cracks me up. But, but uh, my real, the real, the one scene in the movie that I think is actually interesting now is at the end when, like I said, they're interviewing people, the news is interviewing people and they're talking about um, you know, evil in the world or whatever, because it seemed like relevant to today and whatever. So I thought that was interesting. No, I like that yeah. scene as well. Because, like, again, it, it really is split. Like, they do a good job splitting up, like, 50 50. Are they good or are they bad? Like, there's never, like, you know, there's not more in one direction. Right. And everyone's so divided. And, like I said, that's it, it's very, it's very, if you were to ask anyone a question on the street today, it would probably get the same thing. Like, half the people 100% agree with you, half the people 100% disagree with you. So, Yep. You kind of touched on the soundtrack. Not a huge player in the movie, but there are some um, some positives, some negatives, whatever. So we'll yep. kind of kind of answer that already. So the final the final thing, as 
listeners may know. Oh, go ahead. You guys you go, no, I'll say you go first. This is, you, 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 you review it oh, first. You're going to review it first this time. <laughs> All right. So if you've listened to the podcast, you know we always grade things on a scale of one to five, uh, whether or not it'd be worth paying a late fee. So uh, if it's if you're going to take the movie home, watch 10 minutes of it and be like, this is garbage. I'm turning it off and returning it that night. It'd be a one. If you're willing to keep it a few days, maybe pay some late fees on it, maybe even buy it from the movie store. It'd be a five. So my score is a two <laughs> and I, I gave it a two because there are some funny scenes. Um, I admire the, I, I, I've heard the same stuff about Duffy that he's a, he's a tool or whatever, but I can respect the story of coming up with a movie and, and re- reaching, you know, he, he had a lot of success and stuff. So that's about it. I, I, I was surprised. I thought I was going to be giving this like a, I don't know what I would have guessed. Me, it probably like a three or something. I didn't think it was going to be the greatest, but, but oh, man. Right, that's I should have, I should have gone first. I compl- I actually agree with that. I was going to give it two as well. I went into this thinking like it was going to be the biggest piece of shit ever. And while it's not great, and I hate the right. background drum, but like surrounding it with like Troy Duffy, it wasn't the worst thing I've seen. Like it was, yeah. it had its moments. It had like it's. I would never, I would never think this is worth a late fee. I would return this the day of for sure. But it has its moments where it's like, it does original ideas. Like, you know, back then this was, this is before Dexter, and Dexter like this, this. Dexter thrived on this premise, basically, good uh, guys killing bad guys, and like, it's a cool idea for a film. Like, I kind of wish like, I got that earlier. They they expanded on Willem Dafoe helping them out. I think that would be even cooler film in the end. But and tying it in, tying it in with religion. Yeah, it's it. Like I said, there's there's a frame for a, a great movie, yeah. but this is not it. No, it's, it's not it. So have you, seen um, this, have, you, have you seen the sequel? Uh, Curiosity. You know what's funny is when you mentioned that earlier. I think I have, and I don't remember any of it. I, I think I have. Okay, because I, I have. I don't know anything about it either. I don't. Even, I don't know who. I, I know the two leads return, but I don't know anything beyond that. <laughs> I know that there was mention at one point of them doing a third one, and I think Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery just came on. They're like, I'm not doing it. But then <laughs> there was supposed to be – there was rumors of him doing a third one where he – like they inspired this new wave of people to do similar things. But I, I don't think there's any um, – I don't think anything's come of it yeah. since then. But so you had your Irish – how's your Irish coffee? Good. It's stuffy cold right now. I might do uh heat up heat up my uh, alcohol based coffee in a little bit, but it was good in the beginning. Again, this is always good, so uh, that was good. Um, next week, <clears throat> Joe's gonna have kind of a uh, you want yeah you you, you, you oh, no, I was gonna say I'm excited about this. The next week is we're gonna be talking about <laughs> if we if this works is Joe and I have all too much spare spare time right now. <laughs> so if this recording works, it might be sooner than next week. But we'll say next yeah, week for now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The next, the next podcast we do, the next episode we'll do, official episode, mind you, will be a goofy movie because this week is the 25th anniversary of it, and boy, is it a good one. <laughs> and so that fact that it's the 25th anniversary, so that movie came out in 95? Yep, 95. Yeah. They, they have a sequel to that as well. I think that came out in 2000, maybe, or I'd double check that, but yeah, they, that... Again, it came out in 95, and then a sequel came out years later because of all the hype surrounding that first one. That Pretty makes cool. sense why I never saw it, because I, I was 10 
in 95. So I'm past the goofy years a little bit. But oh, so man. I'm still in the goofy we're, years. We're going to do it. <laughs> no, do it and I'll give my honest opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not excited for it, but I'm not dreading it at all. I'm going to go into it with positive. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have a, I was telling Eric, I have a wardrobe ready for this. I have an actual goofy movie wardrobe. I have my, I have the soundtrack on vinyl. So by some aside, get ready for my review. <laughs> So we're going to do that. And then after that, like, again, assuming this recording goes well, after that, we're going to try to do some lighthearted movies for a while because we don't need to be reviewing as much as it's one of the best movies of all time. I don't want to talk about Saving Private Ryan right now. Or Let's throw like, a cont- the contagion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk off the pot. I have a movie that we have to do once this is all over and i'll get i have a good reason but this transition um, though, talking about the transition going from boondock saints to a goofy movie how perfect is that transition though let's talk about that how good is that <laughs> yeah we'll talk about it too i have some movies we're gonna do but after, like i said we're gonna do some lighthearted movies we'll do goofy movie and then some comedies for a while because everyone yep. needs to laugh and this is you know outside is not good so let's let's keep, keep the serious stuff aside for a while so but that's yep. it for this week guys uh thank you to everyone that listened and we'll be back either next week or sooner with Joe's pick, uh, Goofy Movie. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay safe.